these household ring gifts I brought you? A foam mattress, a plant, even you can't kill. And something to get your bar situation started. That's what I'm talking about. When I roll up, looking hella fine. Hey, Trina, can I? We got squirrels in the walls. Which walls? They're having babies. Girl, do something. Okay, yeah. Great meeting. And Torian, so passionate. Don't worry about Torian. They didn't teach modesty at Morehouse. <laughs> Welcome to the team. Ooh, my high school rap journal. Come here for your like. Welcome to Oh So Insecure. This is the Carefree Black Nerd Review Show covering Issa Rae, Larry Whitmore, and HBO's Insecure. This is season three, episode four, and god damn, is this show not great? So, um, in this episode, titled Fresh Like, uh, at work, Frida tries to help Issa get back in Joanne's good graces. Molly bonds with her new colleagues about an overconfident associate and vents to her therapist about her status at work. Woo! So, this fucking show, this fucking show is good as the fuck. Now, I don't know. We get Issa rapping. We get that old school, uh, awkward black girl feel. I'm loving it. I'm feeling it. Open up with Issa in the mirror at her new place where she's now the... Uh, property manager and like maintenance person talking to herself in the mirror like mirror don't, <laughs> don't you go nowhere that reflection like bitch where I'm gonna go I love it I love it uh she has on this dope ass fucking um mood shirt and I'm trying to think who's the young boy on the shirt I think it might be Michael Jackson either way Daniel shows up at the door now I'm torn with Daniel I still like this dude but with everything that went on in the last couple episodes, mainly the last one, I'm not a fan. Like, I like them. I'm interested to see where this is going. But much like with the ending of last season with Lawrence, I feel like, you know, if Daniel was to fizzle out, I would be okay with that. Like, he served his purpose. Like, fizzle out, I don't need to see him for the rest of the season. Let him come back next season, which um, we've been approved for. We're approved for. Uh there will be a season four of Insecure. Now, Daniel leaves and get this awkward ass hug, and he's like, "Oh no, you see, you know, you ain't gotta say nothing to me." After she's like, you know, pretty much being awkward, like, well, you know, I, I appreciate everything you've done, but I mean, you gotta call a spade a spade. You were fucked up, and yeah, you might have emotional issues, and you upset and angry. That's all fine and good, but don't take that shit out on me. And much like what Jackie said in the last episode, like though they are not married and they are kind of dating either way nigga if we were married it would be horrible that you taking this shit out of me but even if we're not and we don't even have a fucking title and you taking this shit off of me like how the fuck are you gonna be once we're in a relationship so i'm i'm i don't know i'm not a fan i'm 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 kind of losing that fanhood for day at this point i ain't standing for no more of these niggas except for daniel <laughs> so uh daniel I mean, Nathan, not Daniel, shit, stuff with Nathan. So, uh, Molly runs into uh, homeboy Daniel's, uh, it's like, you know, by whatever. They exchange looks and shit, you know how friends do. Uh, Molly shows up at this apartment. Now, I've never been to L.A. All I know is what I've seen on TV shows, and this apartment just looks early 90s to me. Like, even being in Michigan and living in Atlanta and a couple other places. This looks like 
what I remember these places looking like when I was younger. <laughs> Any LA folks, let me know. Um, but Molly's over there with the moral support and the <laughs> the the blow up bed so that Issa doesn't have to sleep on the floor, which is so real. Like I'm really feeling Issa this season and the shit that she's dealing with and the shit that she's going through. This is like, God damn, this is so fucking relatable. Like this shit got a Zane book, mix CDs, uh, an air mattress, uh, and a new job, excuse me, a new place contingent upon her having this kind of halfway part-time job with the uh, community. Now I can't relate to all that. But shit, I was just cleaning out some boxes after I moved, just recently uh, moved to a different spot, and I had a bunch of boxes of mixed CDs. Like Molly said, what the fuck is the point? My car doesn't even accept CDs. Like, everything is streaming, and, you know, and that's such a small thing to connect on, but I'm like, ah, I feel you, Issa. Old-ass books and old-ass mixtapes. But what I will say is that Issa mentioned the mixtape being something sentimental because this would... Uh, Lawrence gave her after her after their first date or some shit like that, which leads me to believe that there will be some Lawrence in the horizon. Like, why even fucking bring him up? You know? So I don't know. We'll see. Um, so Easter at home girl is it Keisha, the tenant who like always has an issue. This motherfucker pop up talking about the squirrel <laughs> you don't hear them squirrels on the walls having babies and shit. Like, I cannot imagine having to deal with this on a daily basis. Like <laughs> just to have that discounted rent but you know uh, we move over to Molly at her place with her new dog which I completely I mean I'm here for it um, I don't know I just I just don't want Molly to be like that old cat lady like if that's gonna be the role that she's taking on now but I do think it's nice for her to care for something else that can give her unconditional love y'all know where I stand with Dro. And drawing Molly. But at the same time, this motherfucker ain't acting right or how you feel he should. So move on. And not to say that dog is a complete substitute for him. Like he was the center of our world. But, you know, when there's not any romantic dealings uh, on the horizon, this an animal taking care of something else is a good alternative. Now we get to Issa with the with the rhyme book from high school. And I'm, I'm really hoping, which we probably won't get, but I'm really hoping that we get some sort of um, Issa, Daniel, and them back in the day in high school. Even if they play themselves, I just want to see them. I mean, I would like for them to cast some younger black actors, but if we got to see them as themselves, that would be cool as fuck too. Now, Molly, I'm just going to run through her storyline here. Now with her... She's dealing with being a new girl at this black law firm, uh, which is, you know, has its own set of issues, but has its own set of pros as well. And her issue is one that I think a lot of people have is like when you know that you are, you have something to bring to the table and you know that you can perform well, not necessarily outperform other people, which you probably can too, but you, you're good at what you do and you have someone kind of outshining you, like every time she opened her mouth, her sentence was finished by another colleague and kind of usurped by, um, by homeboy, this dude. And I get that tension because it's not like, if this was a place that she didn't give a fuck about, she'd probably like over talk him. Nigga, this is what I feel. This is what it is. I came up with this, not you. But with this being a, you're new here. And this is the place that you want to stay. You want to build. You want to take your time and, and kind of get a feel for 
the landscape like she should have done initially with that at my old firm shit that she was spitting. But it feels like everybody's gotten over that. They're done teasing her about that and she's done talking about it. But now you're approached with uh, this male colleague who is, um, how do I say, who has no people skills. We'll say that. And I like that her and the other ladies are kind of bonding over this. I mean, it would be nice if it was other things, but for this episode and for this storyline, it makes sense. And the ladies are, uh, I know the one, the older lady says that, uh, you know, they don't teach, you know, how to play well with others at Morehouse or whatever. Another reason why I love this fucking show, like, I would love to see that nigga in, like, a Morehouse sweatshirt or jacket or something before the season is over. Like, bring back that representation shit. Ah! Then there is, um, fuck, the next scene, kind of getting ahead of myself, uh, diverging from Molly's storyline, Issa Rae, Issa Rae, Issa has, um, flyers, not flyers, kind of like buttons from The Read, which I adore, I adore, which, another tangent, I realized that I think, not think, I know, I have a crush on Kid Fury and Crystal, like, I don't, something about, like, I've been listening to The Read for years, but, in these last couple, like, maybe weeks or so, I have, I've just realized, like, I love these motherfuckers. Like, love as in the friendly love. But I, like, have a crush on these motherfuckers. Both of them. So, um, if you're listening, <coughs> Fury, Crystal, um, hi. <laughs> no, but she has a, um, like, not a magnet, but kind of maybe like a pin or something of another round in the read on her, um above her computer, which is like, damn, man, this shit is going to go down in history, just even just visually as a dope-ass show for millennials. This is something that people will look back on and be like, oh, you know, I remember being in college and this was on, or being in high school and this was on, or what early 20s, just got into my new job, feeling like them. And these are some of the staples that will be there forever in a day. Like, I'm so, so fucking excited. Um, we know that Crystal and Fran from... Hey, friend. Hey, from uh, the friend zone. God damn. Forgive me. Have a uh, insecure review show called Insecurity. So, you know, they have uh, what I perceive as a relationship, be it professional or otherwise, with Issa. So that's dope. But just seeing this blackness and blackness that I interact with on a weekly basis as well. It's just like, damn, this is dope. Uh, but getting back to Molly, she goes to see her therapist, which I was so excited to see her back. She read me last season through reading Molly, and not reading, just kind of um, uh, diagnosing her or, or picking her apart or doing her therapist thing, where I, I felt like I, I, she was talking to me. And the same thing happened this season. Molly's so angry and frustrated at the fact that she's not being seen or heard, and her therapist brought up a good point. Like, what is it that is frustrating you about not being the center of attention? What is it that's bothering you about not being seen why can't you contribute and be just as happy which i think that molly fell into this rhythm of i'm the black girl at this office this is a wealthy office and i can you know i'm used to certain things and now you go to a place where you are amongst your people and you don't stand out in that way anymore like you you're, you're gonna stand out because you're doing good work but you don't initially stand out like you would in a off, um, excuse me, in a more gentrified or a more white space where you one being a woman and two being a black woman and three being a black woman with darker skin is going to stand out in a sea of all these motherfuckers. So I think that's uh, something that might be fucking with her. 
Um, of course, I'm not a therapist, but that's you know that's my professional opinion. <laughs> and <clears throat> excuse me. So after she bonds with the homegirls, I like that. I like seeing them together. I like them, even if it's to bond over this man being you know ignorant as fuck and unprofessional. That's cool. But what pisses me off is that Molly went through all this, all this ranting and raving and makes this connection with these ladies. And she's like, you know, let me, um, whatever case they're working on, if you need help, let me know. Get the thirds to the eyes and X, Y, and Z, this, that, and the third. And I'm like, okay, so we're going to end this season strong with Molly having other friends, like a more a professional relationship with these women that we didn't see before in other seasons. Man, this motherfucker. So, okay. Well, before, no, before I jump down Molly's throat, the thing is, uh, the other two ladies at the law firm came to her with some questions about the stuff that the, the thing that they're working on. And I, you know, let's, uh, chop it up tonight by whatever. She's like, well, you know, tonight really ain't that good. Such and such as those words leave her lips. Homeboy who was like bum rushing all the ladies at the meeting comes out like okay Molly you want to you know come in and sit down for our meeting now we don't know what the meeting is about I can assume that it's about that case that she brought up a solution to but he kind of usurped her by piggybacking off of it but being more confident than she was um and so I'm not going to be against her I'm gonna wait I'm gonna wait until I see her and how this plays out um although initially it did not look good you know you forming a bond with things like, yes, you got to worry about you and your bills and all that other shit, but this ain't you stealing hours at some retail job because that's all you got to pay your bills. Not that there's anything wrong with working retail, but you are at a law firm where you are making money that isn't in jeopardy and you like you don't have the same situation you had at that all boys club in season one. So you're finally starting to connect with these ladies and now you kind of... Well, I don't, I don't know. See, I, I feel weird kind of almost chastising her about it because it's like she can do whatever the fuck she wants. She's grown. But at the same time, you can't complain about X, Y, and Z. But she, oh God, but she never said that she was upset about not having a relationship with her female coworker. She never said that either. So I don't know, but it just does not, it didn't come off well. And not that she needs to explain her stuff to anyone, but at the same time, there is give and take. And if we've developed this little bond, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Because she might be working from the inside. Like, okay, if this nigga want to talk over everybody, let me at least attach myself to him because clearly he's being seen. And, you know, the head nigga in charge think he's getting the job done. So, I don't know. I'm going to wait. I'm going to reserve my judgment for seeing what she does next. I'm not going to. I'm going to wait. Um, so she sits with her therapist and they're talking and she's like, you know, what is it about you this, uh, that, that makes you mad about not being seen this and that? What Molly says is something to the effect of, you know, after Dro, I just want to um, focus on my job, focus on my money. And that therapist said, who is Dro? Again, this lady read me <laughs> through Molly. Now, we didn't get any follow up as the viewer. We don't know what was said, if anything at all. But her body language and everything shows that, like, uh, you sitting there running your mouth and forgot you ain't even tell this woman about drugs. So I'm interested to see what the therapist has to say about it. And um, and then kind of what comes from her and Dro and Candace going forward. Like, how are we going to end this season with the three of them? Like, what, what space are they going to be in, if any space at all? So, whew, shit. But moving on to Issa. Issa goes and gets... Um, 
talks to Frida. Frida's like, look, we got you back out in the field. Homegirl, she 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 wants you back. I convinced her, whatever. He's like, oh, okay, cool. Now, we can see that her issue with her job is that it's just not fulfilling anymore. I And I believe that even if Issa was never put on desk duty and had always stayed out in the field, she would not have been happy or... The same conclusion she's come to now, she would have still come to that same conclusion, which is that this job is not fulfilling to her anymore. So I'm, um, I want to see how this plays out as well, because a lot of us deal with this same issue. And I know back in the day, quote unquote, when our parents could have a job for 30, 40, 50 years and then retire, and that be that. And now you get a lot of scrutiny as millennials and younger people like, why don't you stay at a job for long? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Why don't you buy a house? Why don't you have kids? Well, that shit costs money. We're in debt from student loans. Uh, jobs ain't trying to take care of people like they used to before. They're quick to make it a revolving door. Um, even with fucking having education, sometimes that doesn't help at all. Or the price of education is student loan debt. Who wants to be in debt and then go out and try to have a kid? And then when you don't have a job that you feel like will last forever in a day. And a lot of us now are entrepreneurs and are trying to do things to work for ourselves where we don't have that quote unquote safety net of a job behind you. So it's just, it's a whole lot of things. And so I really like this idea that Issa is going through this transitional period and there and we're not only including her romantic life but we're including her um her professional life and we're seeing it happen right before our very eyes you knew a couple episodes ago if not the first episode that Issa is not happy with this job once you found out about the well me I'm you I mean me once you found out about the um the job fair where they had the kids doing the the, the cultural dances and stuff. We knew that this wasn't going to last long, that she was either going to leave and go with them or that was the spark that she needed to leave this job, which, spoiler alert, she does leave this job at the end of this episode. But I do like seeing Issa's story. I'm very excited for this season to end uh, so that I can start from season one and just watch it all the way through, like just completely through no breaks. I mean, you know, one weekend, just start from ep- season one, episode one, and go all the way through to the end of this season. Because this is just such a phenomenal show. Like, uh, I recommend you all, which if you're listening to this, more than likely you've been watching. But tell a friend to tell a friend. Issa, Issa, if you're out there and you hear me, I love this goddamn show. Put me on, coach. <laughs> I want to write. I want to do something. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a part of this. Um, so we get Issa eating some tacos, which she doesn't eat because some guy speaks to her, scares the shit out of her, falls on the ground, which I felt that in my heart. I fucking love tacos. No matter what the journey is, your health food journey, weight loss, fitness journey, tacos will always be a part of my diet. Just It's just, it will always be, period. I can't give it up. Um, and it's Nathan. You know, from the lift, from uh, How to Get Away with Murder. Nathan, Nathan, Nathan. This handsome ass, red, tiny person, because he has to be small as fuck. Like, he's Issa's height, and I think she's a bit thicker than him. Uh, They get to talking shit and ordering tacos, and it takes an hour. He's kind of pretty much clowning in L.A. And I like that. I like that Issa has included this, and it doesn't feel like like the New York jokes, like, oh, New York niggas always wear Tim's and such and such, or motherfuckers from Florida. And it's like, it felt like, it, it felt good. It felt like a motherfucker from L.A. 
writing these comments specifically so that they can highlight parts of LA and it felt natural. So they commenced to playing true for dare walking down the street. I think they mentioned training day at one point, just, uh, having a nice ass chill day, which again, this show for whatever reason, a lot of these scenes feel like a small or condensed version of like some black ass movie from the nineties. And her and Nathan walking through L.A. and her telling him about L.A. and whatever else. That's what that felt like. Motherfucking Nathan is Kendrick Sampson. And I've been on this motherfucker since I first seen him in How to Get Away with Murder. I was just like, oh, this motherfucker is everything. Now, Issa, I'm Team Issa all day. She gets this motherfucker to take his goddamn clothes off and jump in the pool. (laughs) <laughs> they showed up at a house that she used to stay in back before her parents got divorced when she was a kid. They break in and go into the backyard and get in the pool, two for dare each other to get in there naked. And it was such an amazing scene. Seeing both of those black bodies completely nude in the pool, talking, it didn't feel like a fetish thing. It didn't feel like some um, sexualized porn scene nothing there's nothing wrong with porn sex work is work that's good work is good honest work but i'm saying it didn't feel like gratuitous nudity for no reason like a game of thrones thing like it fit with the story Issa has been so vulnerable with this man which is like people have all these comments and what well what i've seen online is oh if she did this shit that she did with daniel with lawrence and this and that and i'm sure there's comments about Issa and uh, nathan as well but to walk and talk with this man, you've shared a kind of sort of traumatic experience with the with the the big dude smoking weed in the lift a few episodes ago. You meet up, you had these tacos, you have this open and honest conversation where you are literally telling each other your your secrets and your past and how you feel about this, that, and the third. And to come undressed in this conversation and not necessarily in a sexual way that that was that was very good. I enjoyed it. I'm I'm here for it. Um, Issa, kudos to you. Um, and the, this scene worked so well that by the time we got into the conversation and I'm just into, I'm at the screen with heart eyes looking at these two black people, light skin, dark skin, whatever, visibly black, like into each other and talking and kind of flirting and being honest that when this man <laughs> said, honey, call the police. I completely forgot that they had broken into these people's backyard and gotten to their pool. Like, I just, oh, man, this is just such a good-ass show. Um, so, long story short, they get back in the car, fully dressed, and decide to go get their tacos, which are cold now. And uh, Issa is so adorable. She's like, well, I have a microwave in my house, which is around the corner that we can heat up these t- it was just such a innocent cute I just I love me some Issa Rae like uh, I stand I stand the greats and uh so they end up back at the place and the funniest shit in the world is this girl I think it's Keisha her and her goddamn kids is working my goddamn nerves Issa and uh Nathan are in her house you know they talking shit and you know, he talking about how good the tacos is and they doing a little flirt thing. She's like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm always right. They mentioned Coachella, which um, leads me to believe that this show within the Insecure Universe exists. Like this season exists like right before uh, Beachella. 
And I love that. So now, and it might be silly, but when I watch Insecure, I am going to, uh, depending on if Coachella is even seen on screen or if they go to Coachella on the show, I'll add in Beachella into my watching experience as well. <laughs> so uh, there's a knock at the door while they're mid-kiss, which is like, of course there is. There's, you got this rising tension and now you motherfuckers want to call, you know, knock on the door. Little boy come out <laughs> some shit about, first of all, this little boy has a tail. It is 2018. I'm all for throwback looks, but our little kids, little boys specifically, still wearing tails. Like, I remember having one as a child, and this shit is long as the fuck, which is, ah, whatever. So, um, <laughs> he says, uh, ooh, which... <laughs> After he talked about my mama said, you locked us out and we can't get in the house. She's like, well, no, um, I didn't change the locks. His mom's about, oh, yes, you did. Like, I love this character. I love her little ratchet, banji ass, yelling. She's so, got so much attitude. She's, I love her. I think her name is Keisha, y'all. If I'm wrong, you know, correct me. Use the hashtag OS insecure. Um, no, so they shut the door or try to. And little boy said... <laughs> One of the funniest lines of this season. Ooh, what y'all doing? Eating tacos and kissing in the mouth? Like, what are you? <laughs> that little boy is... Uh, I, love, I hope we get more of them as well. Um, I do like having these young actors in, in this show. Uh, Daniel's uh, niece, that little boy, Keisha's son. Like, I, I like that. Bring in these black youths into this show, goddammit. And, um... You know, they decide to see each other later, which did they ever exchange numbers? They being Issa and Nathan, like, I want you motherfuckers to, you know, ride this out. Even if she doesn't end up with Nathan, I do like this newness. It's like she's going through this transitional period, getting my life together, got me my own spot, um, you know, about to get me a new job. I kind of have a new job with this new spot. I'm um, kind of rebuilding my life. And so this man, and it's not that he's a distraction or anything, because I'm a good proponent of um, you can, even when you're rebuilding, still have some sort of romantic connection. I know a lot of people are like, oh, if you ain't got no job, what you doing dating? Or if you ain't got no car, why you on a date nap? Or if you ain't got this, how you trying to be in a relationship? And it's like, meet people where they are. Don't deny so or think that someone needs to deny themselves like romantic or sexual interest just because they're not in a space that they want to be in. Like if that's something that takes your mind off of it or something that you genuinely want, it doesn't matter if you have a job or not, but I digress. Um, I like this idea that she's getting her life together and she's dealing with a guy, you know, she like, it's nothing to set in stone. It's not like we bought the date. We bought to be in a relationship. We finna get married. It's just you hanging out with this dude. He's good. He's nice to look at. Y'all both are attracted to each other. Y'all young shit. Do the shit. <laughs> so that being said, she shows up at work the next day and is looking around. And I've had this look in my eyes so many times where it's like, what the fuck? Like, this ain't for me. And she says that. Frida comes over and is like, oh, you know, we can do such and such. I want to send you to this school to need somebody ASAP. And Issa's like, I'm sorry, I can't do it. I can't. This ain't for me. I don't want to work here. Like this, she said, I quit. And I felt that. Oh, I felt that hurt. Quitting 
sat on my heart so heavily. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm for it. And I'm really excited to see what comes from this life decision. Like, man, Issa, you got it. You got it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm going to end it there. Now, my favorite character of this episode has to be Issa, hands down. She is doing the fucking thing. She's getting her life together. I love it. I like watching this process. Um, favorite scene? My favorite scene has to be the L.A. Day with Issa and Nathan. Though it's a collection of scenes, that's my favorite. Like seeing, one seeing L.A. because I've never been in my adult life. And seeing it from her eyes. I watch a lot of web series and there's a lot of web series that are based in L.A. So I have a lot of stuff I can recognize. But seeing this shit through the eyes of someone who is from there, who loves their city, who like... I like that. I like that. So that whole LA Day thing, it was cute. I liked it. <laughs> so that being said, y'all, I want you to um, shit check back, man. Um, keep the conversation going. Tweet me, Carefree Blurred. Use the hashtag OS Insecure. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Snapchat, Rand Coleman. Um, shit, hit me up. And uh, there's a Facebook page. Um, hit me up on there. I'm trying to see about growing this kind of community or whatever at least just being more active on there doing some tv reviews some comic book reviews some you know just some little shit that i won't always put into podcast form so check me out there and please 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 all you itunes apple ipod iphone users <laughs> rate and review on itunes give me those five stars and, and tell me why what's the what's your favorite show if you like oh also oh insecure put that up there if you like welcome to riverdale put that up there if you like black lightning matters put that shit up there too um until next time stay carefree stay nerdy stay geeky and stay out of them jobs that don't bring you no joy you know find something that brings you happiness and, and do that shit <laughs> All right, y'all.